Hello, my friends. Welcome to After Hours Conversations. This is a series of conversations and episodes with a next-gen panel, whether they call themselves Gen Z or Millennials or Zennials was another word we've heard in this series. This is the next generation. We want to hear from them. We want to see what makes them tick, and we want to see their perspective on church. So today, I have on this amazing panel, I have Camille Earl and Hannah, welcome. Thank you. I'm so pumped that you're here. And uh, today, it's Easter on the show. And so, happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. (laughs) So today on the show, we must, therefore, talk about Easter. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about the church, what you think about both, what your experiences have been, and and ultimately, where do you think uh, the church is going in Mm. the future? Um, for better and for worse, we'd love to hear your perspectives on it. So before we go too far, we need to play a game. It's what we do here on After Hours. So um, everyone, please take a paddle. You will notice there are, if we can pass that one down. Um, On one side, it says Taylor Swift. And on the other side, it says Lamentations. So (laughs) the game is very simple. You just need to decide if the quote is from Taylor Swift or Lamentations. This is Sounds awesome. good. All right. My and number one artist on Spotify number one. is Taylor Swift. So, okay, no cheating then. Okay. I mean, girl, I mean, ladies, you know, do make your own choices. Be your own person. Don't look at her all. Okay. <laughs> all right. First quote is, "I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting bottom." Lamentations or Taylor Swift? It was Lamentations. Oh, wow. Now I have to look at Earl. I know. <laughs> Obviously a genius. Okay, t- tally your scores. Don't look at Earl. <laughs> I should have a foot like a blind. <laughs> have you ever seen anything like this? Ever seen pain like my pain? Seen what he did to me? Oh, for sure. What? It's Lamentations. No, are you kidding me? (laughs) Damn it. Wow. Okay. Walls of insecurity, shifting eyes, and vacancy vanished when I saw your face. Taylor Swift or Lamentations? It's T-Swift this time. He's, like, gotten every question right. That's wild. Perfect streak. Yeah, for real. Did you have to do this? I was thinking you could be trusted. All right, we got we got three for three here. Taylor Swift, you're right, you're right. You'll find out what it's like to get drunk and wake up with nothing. Taylor Swift or Lamentations? It's Lamentations. <gasps> Who knew some, such poetic Words. laments were in scripture? Okay, time turns flames into embers. Time turns flames into embers. This could be either. Really could. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with T T Swift. It's T Swift. Oh no! Yes. Oh, oh, Earl. Oh. <laughs> Competition. <laughs> it rains when you're here, and it rains when you're gone. It's T Swift. Oh. Great song. I weep. <laughs> weep buckets of tears, and not a soul within miles around cares. It's Lamentations. That sounds And the last one, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, Could oh. be either. I know. 
Let's go with I'm Taylor Swift. It's both. It's both. Oh, <laughs> <you're> right. <laughs> <laughs> so really? It's, it's, a, it's a flip. Nice. Um, what's that. your score? How did you do? Oh, I don't know. I don't okay, that's fine. It's fine. You know what? We're all winners, exactly. baby. But <laughs> uh, before we go too much farther into this discussion, we're talking about Easter, church, the future of the church, what your experience has been. What do you think about Jesus and where you're at with that? Uh, we want to hit the streets of Toronto. We're going to throw to some street interviews where we talk to people on the streets of Toronto about what they think about Jesus, church, and Easter. Uh, personally, for me, religion has played a big part um, of my life. Uh, I find when I'm more spiritual, when I'm more into my religion, things go a lot well. It keeps you grounded. It keeps you. Uh, um, it doesn't feel like life's getting overwhelming. I always, you always have something to come back to. Yeah, like my family is pretty religious. <laughs> like I grew up in a pretty Christian household, but for me right now, I think I'm just trying to find like myself and what I believe. <laughs> and so like, I don't want to be forced into something, but I'm just trying to like go with the flow, honestly. <laughs> I feel like it could help some people like find themselves, like find some moral values and stuff, but I don't need it. So yeah, it's, not for you. it's not for me, yeah. We are back with this amazing panel of young people, next gen thinkers, leaders, and just all around nice human beings. So we have Hannah, Earl, and Camille, and we're talking today about Easter. It's Easter season right now. We're thinking about uh, church and Jesus. So um, what was your upbringing in church? My understanding is you all come from a church background. What was church like for you growing up? Uh, well, church was a huge part of my life. Um, both of my parents are pastors in the Salvation Army. So um, oh, we moved around a lot. If you know anything about the Salvation Army, I moved around several times growing up. Spent some time in France, uh, you know, doing church in French. So that was interesting. Um, but yeah, just like being at in a church environment um, several times a week, um, doing lots of different activities, banding, uh, youth group. Is banding playing in a band? Playing in a band, okay. so brass band. So Great it's not this like cool rock band, I yeah. wish. But um, no, brass band, so I learned. I grew up, I think when I was seven, I started playing a cornet, which is like a small trumpet. Oh. Um, and I grew up playing it in a band, toured around with a youth band a little bit. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. always show me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. So that's, that's kind of my upbringing. Lots, hearing lots about Jesus, learning about... Did you wear a uniform? I did for a, a small amount of time. I did wear a uniform. I what color was, was it? It's so it's so this is interesting because some are black and some are dark dark blue. Mm -hmm. um, so you just got to make sure that you have a matching tunic and skirt. But um, I did, yeah, so I wore a senior soldier uniform. I was enrolled when I was, I think, 18. Um, and yeah, the uniform is just like a high collar, um, skirt, nylons, uh, high heels, and then a tunic. And we didn't have to wear a hat. But they used to. Wow. <laughs> yeah, true. That's a whole church culture. Oh, it's a very oh, wow. specific and yeah. unique church culture. So if yeah, you're ever interested so in learning about it, it's it's fascinating. Amazing. It's also wow. quite old. So yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you, Earl? Uh, what kind of a church background do you remember coming from as a kid? Yeah. So I was born in the Philippines. So I was raised 
Roman Catholic, yes. but I went to a Christian school, yeah. so Christian private school, so it was kind of like a weird navigation type of thing where like, do I, like, what do I do really? Yeah. Like, at a church, do I, like, hmm. kind of just listen to the priest or am I able to actually also worship? But hmm. when I did come to Canada in 2006, um, went to a Baptist church, so that was kind of a new thing for me. Sunday school was fun. Sometimes a little bit bored. I was the keener who would like know the answers. <laughs> okay, so like, yeah. I knew the Sunday school answers for sure. Um, and then it just, I, I grew up in that church um, doing youth, leading youth currently as well with um, that church. I have left since, I, I have left that church since and will still do like youth ministry in that church because my parents have found their community there. And so, yeah, it's like a really cool opportunity because it's a. We don't say it's a Filipino church, but it is a Filipino. Well, that's church. what I was gonna ask. Yeah. Is it a Filipino church? They don't like to say it's a Filipino <laughs> church, but it's. There are a lot of Filipino very, people who yeah. happen to go to the church. Oh yeah, so right. many Bible study groups of Filipino people. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. What about you, Camille? Exactly as his actually. <laughs> really? So when he was okay. talking about yeah, I grew up Roman Catholic and I went to a Christian school, so it was nice. exactly like that. Like it was kind of like. I would say it was kind of detached. You couldn't mm -hmm. really like worship like the way it is in like a, a Baptist church or mm -hmm. like how it is right now. So it was more like, oh, it's kind of like all of there and you're here. Yeah. Huh. Um, and there's a lot of rituals and traditions that you kind of have to go through. Like I had to wear like all white, at, like when I attend masses and like the services with like a veil and everything, like all the shebang. Wow. Um, wow. So it was very formal. Um, so, but my grandpa was a huge part of the church. Um, mm -hmm. So he taught us how to pray um, mm -hmm. and he taught us how to read the Bible. So um, coming here, um, it was a lot more different. Um, like coming to Canada, can yeah, coming to Canada. Um, so my sister and my best friend, they both shared the gospel to me and it was so different because I didn't know that you could read the Bible outside of church, yeah. right? Yeah, it's the same thing for me. Yeah. I, like when I came, I'm just like, I'm able to read this I can open myself. it, not in school. <laughs> I, I yeah. always saw it as like a priest yeah. only yeah. reading the Bible to us. So yeah. it was a really cool. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that you could go directly, like in not a church setting or like in school, because in school we had to do that. Yeah. Um, so it was very intimate, I would say. It was an intimate relationship that was developed. Um, and I didn't know you could be part of the worship team because I thought you have to be like in a choir, like with like those big um, things. So when I was talking about the uniforms, like what uniforms are you wearing? Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I would say it became like more of a personal relationship rather than something that I was just watching from like as an audience or a congregation. Right. Well, that was going to be my next question for you. Did you have a point where you felt like, you know, when you're growing up, it was your family's choice. Mm -hmm. And then at some point you have to make some decisions about if you want to keep doing it mm -hmm. and maybe some of you are still trying to figure that out mm -hmm. um so can you pinpoint some points where you realize like i don't like this anymore or i don't want to go was there a day where you decided you were not jumping in the car with the family <laughs> i think when i say that to my mom my mom would be like why aren't you going to church anymore i remember um, having a chat with my mom when i was like moving churches and she was like are you, so you're not going to church anymore? I was like, no, I'm going to church, but it's just, just going to be a different, different church. One. Yeah. And so because my mom wants it to be a family thing, yeah. it never, I never came to a point where I'm like, I don't want to come to church anymore. I've always wanted to go, and I think I've learned to love going. Yeah. Um, but I just knew that um, I wanted to go to a church that would fill me up rather yeah. than just, like, not necessarily bring me down, but I just wasn't thriving and growing mm -hmm. in that space. And so... Yeah, it was kind of interesting because my mom would say, what my mom would still text me. It's like, are you going to church? I was like, 
yeah, I'm on my way now. Like, she knows I left the house, but I'm going to church. <laughs> Just checking up yeah, on yeah. you. Yeah, Hannah, what about you? Like, you know, pastor, parents, ministry parents. Yeah. Um, you had to go as a uh-huh. kid. <laughs> yeah, had to go. Um, yeah, it's, it's similar to you guys. It's like a family thing. You know, mm-hmm. you go together. Um, yeah, I right out of high school, I did a discipleship school program. So that was kind of my first experience of being, of like being in a faith space without my parents and without my family. So that kind of set the tone for the future years, I'd say too, just how do I decide where I want to go, how I want to participate, what role do I want to have, you know, in this community. So um, that's been interesting. And and yeah, just like obviously in the last couple of years with the pandemic, it's been it's been hard to stay committed, I'd say, mm-hmm. for myself anyway, because, yeah. um, you know, also not living with my parents, there's not as much accountability there. So yeah. and then even less accountability when you're just watching it online. Right. So um, it's been interesting, definitely in the last year to even just sense myself um drifting from this community and then how that's impacted my understanding of faith and understanding of Christian community and mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things. So it's yeah. been interesting. Yeah, whether mm-hmm. for yourself yeah. or just in your peer group, um, obviously the pandemic has changed a lot about, uh, you know, people watching church online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, whether you want to share about yourself or just other people you know, have you seen a lot of people leave? And do you think people are coming back? Like when churches are opening... Um, do you feel like people have left and they're not coming back? Mm-hmm. Or how do you think it's going to look coming out the other end of this whole pandemic we're still recovering from? I think people took that opportunity um, to church hop and like to really revisit, am I really growing in this church? Is this really my community? Because mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of people, including myself, who did the same. Um, even pre-pandemic, I was already um, looking at other churches. Uh, but the pandemic really allowed me to, like every everything was online so you could watch services online it allowed me to visit a lot of churches not even like just in Ontario but like across Canada to really find um, a church that fits um, like my chapter basically my, mm. my Christian growth and where I need to be at um, and I see a lot of people doing that and like a lot of people have left churches to go to a different church and there's a lot of shifting that I'm seeing around yeah. um, and now that we're kind of going back into doing in-person um worship you see a lot of people who've never met in their like entire life before and it's just like a right. different kind of growth and boom mm-hmm. um that's very exciting to see like they were following online and now they can yeah, go in like, person oh and gosh, meet the people you. <laughs> yeah yeah well, what do you think girl what are you seeing coming out in your peer group coming out the other side of this well, major change yeah well it's interesting because i went into a new church just like really just a couple months before the pandemic started and so um, I was like so excited to like grow in a community and get to meet people and then you're like sorry you have yeah. to be online <laughs> though like like what uh, Hannah said um, it's really I needed to be more accountable for what I did and if I go to church on Sunday mornings to watch it but it also gave me an opportunity to also not even just church hop like Camille said to just look at other pastors and mm-hmm. kind of get more into the word than just being in one and so I would go to the village church and watch it online and oh, just yeah. other things. Yeah. Um, I found more growth in that and just having more avenues. Mm-hmm. But I, I really miss the community. And I think, um, I know I've like met some of my friends um, as we've opened. And it's like, this is so awkward. Like, I haven't <laughs> seen you in a whole year. I've only seen you through Zoom. Virtual. I'm like, do I hug you? Do I? <laughs> but yeah. um, I think that's what I, I'm missing from the church is to like be connected physically. Yeah. But it's been 
a really big learning curve for sure to do online church. Yeah, it's so interesting that you say because it's like I feel like we have similar experiences, but they led to different conclusions. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I feel like you're talking about how you know it, it gave you the opportunity to get into the Word and grow in that way. Mm -hmm. And then for myself, it's interesting because I think. Um, the community aspect was the end all be all. Like, mm. it's like, if I'm not in community mm. and thriving in this community setting, then like, I don't know where to go from here. And, and I've had seasons where I've really like dove into the word and, and just like really learned from that. But it's so fascinating to see in my own life how essential that community piece yeah. was oh, yeah. and how it's caused so much, you know, like just questioning and understanding mm. of where faith actually has led me and, and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. it's yeah. fascinating. It's really yeah. interesting. I love that. I mean, the pandemic has changed a lot about church. Um, and yet there's this story of Jesus at the center of it. And so when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about Jesus because it's Easter. We want to talk about Jesus. We're going to consider who he is and if he is still good news for today. So we'll see you in a minute. If you've been listening to our conversation today and you're thinking, I would really like to know more about the Bible or how to have conversations about Jesus and culture or leadership and justice, then our partner Tyndale University would be a great fit for you. They have a ton of courses and programs that would be right for where you are at today. So go to our website, seeherlove.com, click on the Tyndale logo and start learning about things that really matter. It's not too late. We are back with the After Hours panel. We're talking about Easter today on the show. So thanks, Camille, Earl, Hannah, for joining in this conversation. We've been talking about church and uh, how it has changed from when we've grown up, but also even just in the last couple of years with the pandemic and the major change it's had for all of us and how we view church. So um, Easter, the season we're in, there's... There's so many scriptures we could have chosen. We're looking at the good word today. And this is a text that I come back to over and over. 1 Corinthians 15, starting at verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised from the dead, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be preaching a, as false witnesses about God. And we have testified about God that he was raised, that he raised Christ from the dead. But if he did not raise him from the dead, then it's not true. For if the dead are not raised, Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised from the dead, your faith is futile mm -hmm. and you're still in your sin. Mm -hmm. Those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. And if only this... and if only for this life we have hope in Christ, if it's just for now, we should be pitied more than other people. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. He's the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That's 1 Corinthians 15. Sorry, I'm, um, as I read over it, it's, it there's, there's these repetitive words, raised, and if Christ was raised. Mm -hmm. and what is standing out to you when you hear this text? Earl, let's start with you. Um, that line, that verse where he talks about um, your faith is futile if Christ has not been raised. But then Paul encourages us that Christ has indeed been raised. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, uh, it, it's like this faith battle where like some people will question my faith of like, like how like how do you know it's real? And it's that's part what that's what faith is, right? Um, uh, trusting in God that He did 
uh, he did raise Christ from the dead. And so I, I just love that encouragement at the end there. It's like Christ has indeed been raised because that allows me to even be more faithful mm-hmm. of what God has, is going to do mm-hmm. and what he has done in my life. And so, yeah, that's just what's coming up for me. Yeah. What do you think when you hear this passage? um, The first part reminds me of C.S. Lewis's statement when he was describing um, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, then Mm -hmm. he was just a lunatic kind of going Mm -hmm. around that I am God, I am uh, the son of God, and I will rise from the dead. But if he is um, the son of God and if he rose from the dead, I'm paraphrasing this, but because I kind of forgot, (laughs) then, you know, he is the God and that we should believe in him. And that statement, that indeed part, Mm -hmm. is so reassuring because that, that's what we, we tell people, yeah, it happened, like, it's true. Um, and yeah, it really kind of solidifies our faith that we are believing in the true God, that mm-hmm. we are believing um, that the true Christ has risen from the dead and that we are saved because of that act. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do, you, how do you know, though? I mean, you hear this text and it's, it's if he didn't rise from the dead, then this is all, you know, we should be pitied because this is, all false. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how do you grapple with that text? What do yeah. you when you think of it? It's so interesting to me because I think uh, something that Christians uh, don't notice is that there's maybe some do, but I, I what I didn't notice personally until I was really brought it was brought to my attention was that we focus so much on the death of Jesus and not so much on the resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. and even just the like when you look at a, a church's sanctuary, um, you see a cross. But how often do you see a symbol of resurrection uh, at the center stage kind of thing? And so um, I, I think some of us are camp people here. But I remember I had this camper one time as a cabin leader. And she was a bit of a problematic camper. You know, those campers yeah. that are like, everyone's kind of like, uh, who wants to hang out with this girl? <laughs> anyway, um, but she hated going to our Bible sessions. Mm-hmm. And most people didn't really take the time to understand why she had been coming to camp. Like, she would come several weeks in the summer. And um, after a while of her just being so angry, um, I asked her just like, okay, tell me why you don't want to go here. And she told me a little bit about um, at home, you know, her dad recently passed, her mom is depressed, Mm -hmm. and her siblings don't necessarily have someone to care for them. And then she comes to camp and tells, people tell her that God died and it's her fault. Huh. And it's wow. like, she's like, why do I want to come to a place where I have sadness at home and then I come here and mm-hmm. I'm told that mm-hmm. I basically killed Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and I had this like revelation of like, you know, we're focusing mm-hmm. so heavily on this thing. And especially with children growing mm-hmm. up, there's not enough uh, discernment or ability to understand, mm. um, you know, your part in Jesus' sacrifice, but also like the joy of the resurrection. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that has been a really big uh, turning point in my own faith and in my mm-hmm. own life, this idea of um, the emphasis and where it lies mm-hmm. on, you know, the resurrection. Paul says the resurrection, that's the point of our faith. That's yeah. the cornerstone of our faith. Um, and so... Yeah, it's been it's been interesting just even when I enter a church building to see what is the emphasis. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that's a really good point because growing up, my pastor would always have a like a Good Friday sermon, and he always emphasizes on why it says Good Friday mm. because we know that three days later Christ right. is, is risen, and so there's that. That's like amazing. That's yeah. I've never thought of it like that. Yeah, yeah. it's this resurrection people. That's yeah. the kind of thing, mm-hmm. and as the scripture talks about that. This one that we're reading today, that 
that he is the first of many to be raised from yeah, the dead, right. that the hope of our faith, if we believe that Jesus was raised from, and we can do some research on this, there's ways we can investigate the claim, mm-hmm. did Jesus rise from the dead? Mm-hmm. But if we do the work, we can actually have hope, not just for Jesus rising from the dead, but actually for ourselves, mm-hmm. our own yeah. hope, our own future. It's such an interesting thing, because I mean, I think the temptation for so many people is like this idea of like, oh, raising someone from the dead, like that sounds a little crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. zombies. <laughs> but. <laughs> No, like it's it is such an important part, and it's an important aspect of faith yeah. to mm-hmm. understand it. And and yeah, just like you said, to do the research of like how do we know that Jesus rose from the dead? You know, mm-hmm. this witness of over five hundred people, like or five thousand yeah. people, even I can't mm-hmm. remember the number, but just like this idea of there's there is actual concrete evidence of Jesus rising from yeah. the dead. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating. So. This is good news, mm-hmm. uh, and I, what I like to say is it's not just the good news, it's the best news mm-hmm. in the world. And I think as a theological study person, I actually think it's probably a better translation to say the best news instead of the good news. Mm-hmm. But if this is good news, how comfortable do you feel, honestly, sharing this with other people? Do you find this scary? Is it awkward? Are you excited? Is it natural to you? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was in university, I was part of Agape Impact. So like mm-hmm. you share the the gospel, and they encourage you to share to strangers. So I was that was my first time ever sharing to another person who I've never known in my life. That I was sweating buckets. And I was going into the <laughs> yeah. person, but I needed that as part of like I guess the ritual, not ritual. I guess the requirement to be a disciple and a discipler. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, I really I was scared to do it. Because I, I feel like it's such an intimate thing to share to someone and you really have to invest. You can't just share to someone and be like, bye, you know it now. Um, it's something, um, it has to be an intentional sharing. Mm. Um, so after that, I learned um, like through you know time um, that you can share to people not in that specific traditional way, but even like with a casual conversation. So I shared to my parents because mm-hmm. um, they were like Catholics and uh, I wanted to share the joy of reading the Bible and praying. Um, and at first it was kind of like um, weird because, you know, like parents, you respect them. You don't really teach them. They teach you mm-hmm. um, as, yeah. uh, for our yeah. culture, right? Um, but when I shared that and now like they would ask me, oh, could you pray for me? And wow. it was so, just, a, it was a, such a joy to be asked that. And even with friends, um, I would um, casually just bring them, not just like Jesus here, Jesus that, but something very intentional where you show them what Jesus has done for your life and why you want to share that joy and love to those people. Yeah. 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 Awesome. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just because like, I think growing up, I've always, like, we've been taught to like, go out in the streets and like, Yes, Jesus. Here's like <laughs> yeah, a pamphlet. Yeah. But uh, I, I reflect on how I came to Christ, and it was never through that. It was through my relationships with people who God mm. put in my life, mm. um, who like kind of led me to mm-hmm. Christ and um, led me to the gospel. And so for me, I'm very uncomfortable with just like, hey, here's a pamphlet. But for me, I'm more comfortable when I, I, I'm in, with, in life with that person. Mm-hmm. And so whether that be my friends who don't know Christ, um, I want to live a life where they can see a difference of how God has changed me. And I want them to ask questions and to be like, this is why I do things because Christ has done this mm-hmm. for me. And this is why I love people, even though they're unlovable. 
because God has loved me yeah. regardless of what I've done. And so I love to just walk uh, in life with people. Walk life with people. Do life mm. with people. That's what I'm yes. trying to say. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I think I grew up, I think probably just because of my upbringing with two pastor parents, um, I grew up really arrogant mm. in my faith. You know, mm. this idea that like everyone who doesn't believe in Jesus is like, kind of just doesn't know, you know, they know what the they're doing. It's like, it's I'm, I'm superior to yeah. them and I have something to teach you and kind of mm-hmm. thing. So um, it took several experiences of sharing this, you know, good news, which maybe I hadn't communicated very well. And for people to just be like, this is, you're making me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to hear about this. And mm-hmm. so like that was hard in so many ways because I mean obviously you're you're told all of these really good stories of people yeah. coming to coming to Jesus and you don't really hear too often about the rejections. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me, which there probably was in the way <laughs> I was communicating. Um, but it really just like it it harmed my um, confidence in sharing uh, the gospel. Mm. But in you know, maybe harmed is the wrong word, but just changed the way I do it or, or shifted the way I view evangelism just in general. Um, and so, yeah, I think there, there's there been a couple experiences. Uh, a friend recently has been going through a pretty messy divorce. Um, and so I think a couple times where she's just been like crying and talking about what she's felt. There's, there's this passage of scripture that in the message version, um, just like, I think it's Matthew eleven twenty eight. Um, you know, rhythms of grace, this, this really beautiful passage. And, and I've asked her, you know, can I just read to you something that Jesus has said? And she's like, ah, you know, she grew up in a Muslim household, so it was a little mm-hmm. iffy. Um, but then as I read this to her, I, I'd asked her just like, close your eyes, just breathe. And I read it to her and she's like, can you read that to me again? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no really talk of like, do you want to become a Christian? You know, mm-hmm. want to give your life to Jesus. But it's more of like, this is something that Jesus has said and it's been, you know, therapeutic or has given you hope in some way. So then I think part of it is just taking the pressure off myself of like, okay, I'm going to make you a Christian, but instead just introducing this Jesus yeah. person yeah. to you. So out of this Easter story, um, when you think about the Easter story, is there a part of it that connects with you or stands out to you personally? Um, you know, we, we talked about, you even mentioned Good Friday, like there's this whole story. Uh, what part of it connects with you? And maybe it's different every year, but when you're thinking of it, um, yeah, what, I'll, I'll start with you, Earl, what connects to you? Ooh, that's a hard pressure. Question. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. Um, I actually really like how Jesus shows up to his people after he is risen huh. um, and reminds them who he is and what he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize this, that he like walked on water after mm-hmm. he rose. And recently I was like, whoa, this is like mind blowing to me. I always thought that this was part of his ministry. But no, he, he like showed up to the fishermen after. And I was like, Jesus is so cool. He shows up when we need him. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I've, that's what I've been learning all, all, all my life, I think, that Jesus will always show up. Even though you think that he's not gonna show up, he always, I always say, God always pulls through. Huh. Um, and he makes it known that he is there regardless. If he, if he doesn't feel like he's close, he is close. So, yeah. That's, yeah, I love yeah. that. He's, he always pulls through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love what you said just 
um, of showing up to people and and even the the way that he chose certain people to show up to. You oh, know, yeah. I loved hearing. I come from a family of four girls, so I loved hearing this. You know how the first pre the first people who preached the good news were women. Mm. Um, and I thought that was really beautiful and empowering to me just to know that Jesus valued these voices mm. so heavily that he um, had them be the first witnesses to his mm. resurrection. So that was a pretty important part for me, I think. Yeah, and they're the only ones who seem to stick around <laughs> right. at, the, at the cross. Or had enough faith yeah. to even yeah. believe that, yeah. like, when they told the other disciples, they were like, let me go see for myself, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> this whole thing where it's like, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting. And, of course, it's a it's a scary and intense moment that requires so much faith, but I, I value that so much. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. For me, it's, um, so growing up, Easter was a different um I guess tradition. It was like they would show Jesus' story on TV. You mm -hmm. would know this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then you can't eat certain food. So it was kind of like I thought it was just like a, a spring break for us, because <laughs> um, I was little. I didn't really know what, what was going on um, until I came here and I was plugged into a church and I was really learning what Easter meant, what mm -hmm. His death mm -hmm. meant, and what His resurrection meant. And it was just for me, it was so mind blowing mm -hmm. um, to have someone who like didn't even know us like thousands of years ago, who died on a cross for us and who absorbed all of our sins mm -hmm. just so that we could be with the Father. Mm -hmm. And his resurrection meant that we can have that joy and eternal life with him. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was so hard to grasp that it was like, no one can do that for mm -hmm. us except for Jesus. So for me, it was, it was a turning point of why I am here where I, where I am and why I believe in God and why I want to share that joy to other people. Yeah. There's yeah. one thing I'm also like, I really like that point of who, what Jesus did on the cross because uh, just this summer, I, I'm, we're looking, I'm looking through with one of my mentors, um, the seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. Mm -hmm. um, and one of my mentors showed me a picture of a painting of what Jesus saw when he was on the cross. Oh, I don't wow. think we see Jesus' point of view until like you see that painting, we always see him like lifted up mm. rather than him looking down at the people that he uh, just said, forgive them. Yeah. Wow. And that's like the most powerful thing like to me is that Jesus was able to say forgive them for what they, because they don't know what they do yeah. as he's dying. Mm. And I'm going through a chapter in my life where I'm trying to forgive people. Mm. And if Jesus can do that, I know that like with his help and the Holy Spirit, I know that I could also forgive other people. Wow. Mm. And so, yeah, and just going through that, it's just like, just what you said just reminded me of like Jesus' sacrifice and mm -hmm. he just let it happen. He's mm -hmm. like, God, you yeah. control everything. So in a word, in this season of your life, who is Jesus to you? Ooh. In one word. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a, okay, you can use it, you can use two words a if phrase. you need to. <laughs> two words. <laughs> who is That's Jesus hard. to you in this season? I think for me, uh, a mystery. Yeah. I think, uh, which is interesting because I've grown up literally, you know, knowing everything I thought. <laughs> um, yeah, I think right now, a mystery. Love that. Um, in two of all, kind of three, big preposition. Um, my savior and my hope. Huh. Yeah, I was going to say hope as well. Yeah. yeah. Especially in this like season where it's like so chaotic and mm -hmm. you don't really know who to turn to. Um, 
in my chapter of life right now, I really found out that he is the only hope because everyone will leave you. Everything will change except for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Wow. And he's, he's omniscient and he will stay the same and he will be there for you no matter what. Mm-hmm. He will never leave you. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing just so honestly uh, about where you're at and how this story has impacted your life. I hope that people watching connect with this. There's something here for you that you find yourself in the stories of these three sitting here. And we're going to go to Melinda now. Melinda is the host of See Here Love. And we want her to reflect on what she's learned listening to this next gen panel. Hey, Joe. Mel, happy Easter. Yeah, happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen <laughs> indeed. That's what we've been talking about yeah. on this whole episode. So you've been listening in. I have. Uh, what's been standing out to you from what they've said? You know, I love Earl and Hannah and Camille. I love their hearts for Jesus. I, there is just a real sincerity and an openness, which I really love about this next generation. But I also love when you said, who is Jesus to you? And, you know, Camille goes, well, Savior and hope. And Earl goes, yeah, hope. And then Hannah says, a mystery. And I think that it really encapsulated for me that for a lot of us Gen Xers and even boomers, we want to be so sure about things. This is the way it is. This is what Christianity looks like. This is what the relationship with Jesus looks like. And what I heard them say, Joe, was no, that there's questions and mystery and you need to allow for the curiosity and the questions and a sitting in, in spaces where we might not have the answers. Right. And that brings a lot of fear to a lot of us, I think older people, because we're like, no, 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 we have the answer. We have the solution. We want to make all things better. We want you to go the right way. But what I learned today was actually, that actually goes counter to what the next generation wants. Mm. They want humility. They want a listening ear. They want us to journey with them. And when they ask for a solution, give it to them. But I think that was the, a beautiful conversation about Jesus and Easter and the mystery of it all, because it is mysterious. And I think... It's uh, every Easter, it right? Is, yes. Every Easter we have that opportunity to yeah. ask again what sparks or what sparks in us about who Jesus is, yeah. because it is this... The gift that keeps on giving. Know, but, it is but, it's, but it is this unveiling of the mystery yeah. over time. And I think for us, especially as a Gen Xer, you know raised in the church, it's okay. Mm. We don't have the answer if they ask the hard question or if it's, it seems like a, a crazy question, it's okay. And that doesn't mean you aren't a Christian anymore no. or no, whatever. No, I think that's it. I think we don't have to freak out about if they ask the question. Mm. It's not like I'm completely going against my faith. And so listen, humble-hearted, the mystery, and yet Jesus is the hope of the world. Beautiful Easter message. So thanks, Joe. You got to get back in there, I know, to gotta talk go. with the gang. So thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you, Melinda, and thanks so much to this amazing panel, Camille, Earl, Hannah. I'm so honored to sit with you and hear some of your stories as you've shared about your own faith journey and and where you're at with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, Easter is a time where we all have an opportunity to stop and consider the story again. And maybe it's just for the first time. So if you're watching, uh, we hope that you have done that with us. We encourage you to go and read that text we read out of the good word again out of 1 Corinthians 15. And we would love to see you check out this whole series after hours. We have five episodes for you, so we don't want you to miss one. You can find them all online and we'll see you soon.